I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, you're tuned into The Big Douglas Show. Subscribe, like, hit the notification button. I'm Big Douglas. That's the rapper Big Pooh. And she is Ava Wallace from The Washington Post. And we appreciate her giving some time today. Ava, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? Doing good. Can't complain. Nice sunny day in North Carolina today. It, the sun is out in D.C. too, which I feel like it's been like 10 days of snow. So I'm, I'm just happy for that. <laughs> hey, Pooh, were you on Twitter trashing chocolate ice cream the other day? Uh, I have trashed chocolate ice cream. I have. Uh, it, is, it is the least exciting flavor of all flavors of ice cream. Chocolate. How could that possibly be? Vanilla exists. Vanilla bean is the best. It's the oh, with the little specks in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had it, never thought about it like that before. It, it adds a different layer. It gives it a little punch of flavor. Okay, but couldn't you say then, like, like a dark chocolate ice cream, little chocolate? It's the same thing. Nah, it's like double down. It's oh like double God. downing on like a bland. It's not bland, but an overpowering. <laughs> One note flavor, <laughs> chocolate. I have never, this is a take, truly a take I've never heard before where you're like, it's vanilla bean all the way. <laughs> yeah, Turn vanilla bean. With this take. Hey, listen, I'm, you know, you get the, it was the Neapolitan. Uh, <laughs> we got all cream, three. <laughs> all three and the chocolate was always the one left. That's <laughs> crazy. No, the pink is always the one left and then, come on, man. What are hey, we I'm, doing here? I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the chocolate in oh. the ice cream. Uh, Pooh, right. uh, I called that game yesterday. You were totally off on that one. I was. I, 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 I put it on Twitter. I knew Tampa Bay defense was a good defense. Um, I, I, I discounted. Well. I thought that Eric Bieniemy and Eric and Andy Reid would come up with a better game plan, knowing that they had a lot of backup offensive linemen, especially backup tackles. Mm -hmm. And I thought they would come up with something, a scheme that would, you know, it wouldn't be the normal scheme that they come up with. And I was wrong. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Kansas City look that bad on offense. I knew it was going to be a high score. Well, I figured it would be a high-scoring game. I knew you had to outscore Kansas City. That's how you beat them, is outscore them. And yesterday, it didn't even matter. Uh, Tom Brady, they didn't even need more than 14 points yesterday. And Pat Mahomes has never lost by double digits, if you can imagine Crazy. that, in, in, in his career. Because you, you usually have to outscore them. <laughs> so it, it's, it's coming down to a one-possession game nine times out of ten with them. So it, it was – it was amazing to see, to witness mm -hmm. uh, the Bucks defense. Every, all the talk was about Tom Brady the whole week, but it was the Bucks defense that really won that game. Uh, well, I, I guess this is a nice segue if we're talking about defense. Oh, I was going to say for one on to talk about our Wizards. Please, <laughs> Ava, tell me what is going on. Can we please fix the defense? Yeah, they would like some of that defense shipped north from, from Tampa Bay to D.C. for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You, it's it's all defense. They just um, – they're coming off the COVID break, but they're now two weeks 
since they've started playing again. So guys are definitely back in conditioning. People are getting a little bit more rhythm and it's just still the defensive issues. I can't remember who said it yesterday. I think it was Ish Smith backup point guard who said, I know it sounds like a broken record because we've been talking about defense since last year. And I was like, I think we've been talking about the defense for two years now, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's not working for them. And they were supposed to be able to, it looked early on that they were going to be able to run and gun and just outscore anybody people anyways, and, and maybe not necessarily have to lean on their defense that much, but it's not even um, looking like that. Now, obviously you got Brad Beal, who's still doing everything he can to keep the team afloat, but he's not getting a ton of help lately. So yeah, they're in a, it's, it's um, not happy days over at, at the wizards for sure right now. So I, I'm I'm just one of them people who I, I've I'm not a Scott Brooks believer. Okay, I don't know many people who are, but is this more of a coaching thing or a like we just don't the Wizards just don't have players that want to play on that end of the court? Yeah, that's the question, and it's so funny because we I feel like there's such a debate over defense in the NBA. Like, is it effort? Is it a skill? I'm someone who's like, no, you get dudes who like that's their forte not only do they want to do it but they have the actual skills to do it I I tend to think just if you look purely at statistics and Scott Brooks would say this himself he doesn't see it as an effort issue from his team Bradley Beal said yesterday you know Scott Brooks has given us stuff to do for some reason it's not sinking in um they don't have the strongest defensive players on the Wizards team and I think they would say that with this roster um they're kind of go-to guy who they, they stick on all of the really tough power forwards in the NBA. They've got Rui Hachimura, their lottery pick from two years ago, who's still a developing guy. You know, he's got the big hands, nice wingspan. He's still learning stuff. So there's no kind of go-to lockdown defender on the team right now. Uh, and they need someone to do that for, from an energy standpoint, certainly. We saw kind of what happened after Thomas Bryant went down, their, their starting center. He was a huge loss for the team. I, I don't know if at the time... I processed how big of a deal his energy and really him being the one who takes pride in the defense, how big a deal losing uh, him was for the Wizards. But I think it's, it's made a huge difference, honestly. Is that, I mean, is that Tommy Shepard's fault that there's just not talent defensively on the team? Or is that, I mean, is it, you know, is it a coach or is the guy picking the players that, that is the problem that leads to this? Because really that's the team's, problem I mean, they, they certainly haven't had a problem scoring in a long time it's just the defense doesn't hold up their end of the bargain who do you put that on yeah I, it's a tough question because I don't think it's necessarily falls on one specific person you can look at the coaching staff certainly and you know we asked Scott Brooks yesterday I asked him like do you how do you not second guess yourself during this period and he said every coach does so I think he'll he would definitely take some responsibility for it uh Tommy Shepard's been GM for coming up on he's so he's like a year and a half in so he's got a lot of players who he has brought in in his time he doesn't really have a, a leftover roster I do think they've drafted well I think around the league you ask GMs you ask scouts and everybody they like the picks in of Dia and Hachimura but they were um just the, the the talent that has been kind of brought through the revolving door and that that is what it felt like last year you know you're bringing in Mo Wagner and and Robinson and everything like that it hasn't been strong defensively and you're working with kind of a lot of different patchwork players and not getting like one big guy to be part of a big three or a big two or whatever like that. So, yeah, I think it, I mean, the blame is certainly spread around and, and that's what you would say for, for everybody. I think it doesn't make it any less frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ava, can you talk about what's going on with uh, Troy Brown Jr.? Um, seemed like a promising pick when he was picked. A young guy, a multi-skilled guy. And, you know, we all can see that he operates better with the ball in his hands, if not a primary, a secondary ball handler. But just the back and forth in Scott Brooks' doghouse that's been going on with him, do you think that it would be – like he's ever going to get a chance to show what he can fully do or fully develop here in Washington? Yeah, that's a really good question. We asked Scott Brooks that kind of the other day after um, when they were really, really short on point guards and Troy Brown got a chance to kind of get in there a little bit. He played point guard in the bubble too. We were like, oh, is this Troy? Is he morphing into that? They kind of moved away from that. They like him much better as a secondary ball handler. Scott Brooks and Tommy Shepard have kind of come out and said that, but the thing with Scott Brooks is that he feels like Troy has to really come out and still prove he's worth getting significant minutes day in and day out. He said he played with force the other game. He didn't get that many minutes to back up, honestly. But um, there's something that Scott Brooks just isn't seeing click with Troy Brown. And, and I, I do think he's a really interesting player to watch. And it would be really interesting to see how he interacts with different rotations more and, and get more time. But it's something about... Um, it's like a weird quality that, that Scott Brooks always has. It's kind of toughness. It's kind of he wants to see him bring a spark. It's something really, at least what he's told to us, intangible. Um, it's not like, you know, he's not shooting the ball well or consistently, consistently or anything like that. But he's definitely, yeah, it's, it's so, he's so buried in the rotation now. It's, they, they've got interesting guys. They've got like a Garrison Matthews and um, kind of Mo Wagner players like that way down the lineup that have just like, Fallen off as this team is trying to figure things out. Um, they, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Doug. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to ask another question on that. Scott Brooks rotations. Um, <laughs> was that the question? No, it could have been. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see the game yesterday, but the the past three games, um, Mo Wagner came in, played well. And then all of a sudden he didn't get a lick of playing time in one of those games after coming off two games where he bought energy that's been missing since Thomas Bryan been down and needed a big man with energy, needed a big man with skill. And he came out and showed all of the things that made him a first round pick. And then all of a sudden Scott Brooks did not play him a minute. And I can't remember what game it was, but he didn't play him a minute. What is going on with Scott Brooks rotations? Like how, how do how does that happen? He's still searching for the exact right fit. I mean, we asked him about it too with when, you know, what's going on with Isak Bonga, who can be pretty good on individual defense for them sometimes. What's Is Alex Len going to play more? He got the start over Robin Lopez yesterday. Scott Brooks is definitely still figuring out what he likes with this team and, and what clicks. And earlier in the season, um, the Wizards bench has been pretty good the past couple of years. It's been pretty steady for them with Ish Smith kind of running things like that. Hadn't been working out this season. So he started kind of messing with that and looking for that. COVID got all messed up and he's still looking for whatever. He always described it as like a burst of energy that he wants to see come off the bench. But even with the starters, sometimes things just aren't working. So he's definitely still searching for the kind of magic like fit. I'm really interested to see if Alex Len is going to start tonight. He had some pretty solid minutes for, uh, for the Wizards earlier, right after he was acquired last night. I think he played eight minutes and it was with five minutes or eight minutes yeah and, and, and cody zeller got going cody zeller had 13 points in the first quarter yesterday 
but yeah, so something was working there. So I'm really interested to see where Scott goes, but it's definitely, it's just kind of like nothing is set in stone and nothing is clicking the way Scott Brooks wanted to. So he's just searching and, and searching. It feels like, and maybe I'm off here, that in the NBA, when you've got a guy like Brad that's dropping 30 a game, you should be winning more games. It, it just, it, it feels, I mean, I know that seems simple, but it, I mean, it's true, right? I mean, they supposedly have at least a big two. Is Russ anywhere close to being 100%? I mean, again, he was close to a triple-double yesterday, but those things seem fraudulent when he gets them, except for maybe the first one. Yeah, he, as far as we knew, he was back and healthy. You know, he had a couple, I think it was two or, no, I think it was three games where last week where he, he looked much more like himself. And by that, I mean, he was really able to charge the basket. He's able to rise on guys and kind of play with a little bit more aggressiveness and, and, you know, say like, yes, come at me. Whereas yesterday, again, we saw him settling for many more mid-range jumpers, still playing just like, with a little bit more hesitation than you're used to seeing from Russell Westbrook. Um, so I'm interested. It's the question I have today, like, where are we with Russ's conditioning? But yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting now to look at what that Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade, kind of how it's playing out thus far, because at the time I do think it did make sense that trade for Washington. I thought it was a good trade. I thought everybody was ready for a fresh start. That's kind of like, you know, you're just swapping the money. Um, and now you see, John's averaging, I think, almost 19 points a game for Houston. He looks he looks pretty good coming back off his first year, and Russ is just like a little bit more uneven than I think the Wizards expected him to be before he got that training camp injury in December. So, yeah, that's it's just like, man, these guys can't catch a break this season. <laughs> like every little thing you you can pick apart, and I'm like, yes, that's also bad. <laughs> Ava, let's talk about let's talk big picture here. Okay. What happens to this team in offseason? Because I, I don't see Ted making any changes, you know, until the offseason. You don't? Not really. Why that, do you that's say not, that? That's not really his style. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, Ted doesn't like to pay people to not work. Uh, and and Scott Brooks will still be owed half of the seven million. And no, he's up. He's up. This he's on his last no, no, year. No, I'm, I'm talking old. about this season. I know. I oh, know this, this season. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I, you know, I don't see them with the players they have, I don't see a big change of, you know, even if Scott Brooks was to get removed from his duties, but what do you see happening in the off season with this team? Cause I, I believe that they need to a total makeover from the top down. That doesn't mean everybody has to go or whatever, but they need a new voice that everyone is answering to from the top down. We've seen them do it with monumental lat uh, last year or the year before, but now we need to see it happen with the team. So what do you see happening, even if this happens before the offseason, but between now who's and the offseason? Who's hoping you're getting ready to tell them that Messiah Ujiri is covered? That, I know. That's I'm what like, he's, yeah. to get to. he's coming down from Canada to save us all. No, like, yes. I, I, I don't think you're uh, alone in that hope at all. But offseason, I'm honestly not sure yet. I've been focused way too much on is anyone being made available for a trade? Is anyone going to get fired? I will say, I, I still haven't heard that anyone's being made available for a trade or that Bradley Beal has asked for a trade, anything like that. I'm inclined to agree with you on the kind of staying steady during the season, because as you said, that's just not Ted Leone's style. That would be a huge break from, that would be a really big deal. Um, this off season, I, I don't know. It's a weird 
it's a weird season to try to evaluate anything because of the COVID of it all, because there are no fans in the stands. There's no practice time. Guys were injured. Guys were sick. All this stuff. You could pretty credibly say teams get a pass this year. It was weird. Hard to judge this completely. I think there are a lot of people in the NBA who are saying, even with that, we don't see anything different going on in the Wizards organization. Is it Ted Leonsis' style to make a huge change? I mean, he fired in Grunfeld a couple of years ago. That was the biggest thing he's done with the Wizards since he bought the team. I don't know. I, I don't know if that change is that huge of a change is coming. Um, but you can't keep going the way they are because with Brad on the team and a bunch of young players, you're not exactly rebuilding. You're not in win now mode, even though that's what they said at the beginning of the year. They said, we want to win play. We want to, you know, be in the playoff conversation. That's not happening this year. I don't think there's a magic fix for that next year. I don't know if that just gets better naturally with practice time, but just, just stay steady in the off season and not make any of those big moves. Seems like it would disappoint a lot of fans for sure. For sure. For sure. It's hard to answer. I don't have a, a better answer for you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The answer is the answer. You, you know, you, you try to get all the clues you can to, yeah. to, to, to predict what you believe may happen. Yeah. And, and Brad can get the most money. It's not, people don't say that enough, right? But Brad stands to make a whole lot of money if he stays, right? I mean, he, he gives up a bunch of money if he, if he gets traded somewhere else instead of signing the Supermax here, right? Well, so he could still, he would still be eligible for that because he would hit the, and I forget, I should know this off the top of my head, but he would still be at the, at the um, time marker where he gets a huge bump anyway. So he stands, he stands to make a lot of money no matter what. And the wizard, I mean, it, there are a couple of teams that would work really well with Brad, but every single team in the league could use a Bradley deal. The guy can do whatever you need him to do, primary ball hander, secondary ball hander, whatever he can fit in wherever. So I don't think Brad's worried about his money at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I bet not. But well, and the Wizards could use a Bradley Beal, right? I mean, you trade him away to a contender. I never understood that you get three, what, bottom first? You're just hoping that one of those teams Maybe. has a bad year? If you do trade Brad, it's got to be a rebuild. That's the only thing. You don't, you, you no longer have John Wall, your number one pick. You no longer have Bradley Beal, the next cornerstone. You got to get a lot of picks and start from the bottom. Well, again, no doubt, but you're getting what the Lakers picks at 31 or th you know what I mean? Or, or the Nets at the bottom. I, as It's the one thing I've never understood about trading the picks away to a contender. I mean, what are you supposed to be getting with them? I mean, Brad was what, five? Mm. You're never going to get a top 10 pick out of those, are you? Mm. It was a three. And no, you're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just definitely it won't be the Lakers. We know that. They don't have yeah. any picks or players to give. Uh, they gave them all up for Anthony Davis. But no, right, right. no, nah, 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 I definitely agree. Um, speaking of Brad, I, I know he hasn't asked for, for a trade. Um, and I know he uh, has expressed wanting to play his entire career in Washington. Just being around him, you know, or, or covering him as you have, do you get the feeling that even though he's not asking for that now, that a whole season of this, what's going on now, would be a little too much for him come this offseason? That is always my question with Brad, and that's what I've been thinking about for the past three weeks is when is the breaking point? I don't think there's a premeditated breaking point. I don't think he has it. If we don't have this many wins, if we don't reach this milestone, then I'm out. But, you know, right now he's both – really committed to staying with this team. He really wants to do 
what he believes to be the right thing. You know, Brad, more than any player I've ever covered, maybe plays by kind of like a moral code. And he's really invested. He doesn't want to be called a hypocrite. He doesn't want to bail after he said he would stick it through and, and see it. But he is frustrated. He'll tell you that himself. He said it yesterday. He, I think the quote was, they need to play with a little bit more dog in them. It's frustrating to let teams walk over him. So those are kind of the two sides that are battling with Bradley Beal. I, I know he's not in a, in a great uh, place mentally with this season. He said so yesterday. If he dwells on it, he's just going to drive himself crazy. So which one kind of wins out in this situation, I think, is the uh, the thing you're talking about with Brad. And it's, I mean, God bless him, because I would be, I'm like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking if I were in his shoes, I would be so, so frustrated. I'd be like, get me out of here. And he's just not like that. That's one of many, many, many reasons I'm not a professional basketball player. <laughs> I would be ring chasing 100%. <laughs> Ava, I, I know that your colleagues that cover the football team traveled with them. What what have you been doing with the um, with the team, you know, because of COVID and whatnot? Are you guys at the stadium? Uh, DC's not letting fans in, are they? I know some of the stadiums have. Yeah, some arenas have opened up. Um, Washington has not let any fans in the season. They actually have a great setup. So I'm, a, I'm going to home games and watching everything live at home. I'm not traveling on the road, mainly because the way the NBA set it up this season is we're still, I would still have to jump on a Zoom afterwards. Like I'd be able to watch in person. But even when I go to DC, it's not like I can, you know, stick a recorder in anyone's face or talk to anyone face to face. But so what they've done, uh, the Wizards gave their each media member their own suite. Like they, they repurposed the fancy suites so we get a meal in there. There's bathrooms. I literally just walk right in the front door, right to my same suite every game. It's a really nice setup. I don't interact with anybody. I get to see both benches and watch everything in person. Um, I just didn't travel just because to me, it's not really worth it to go watch in person to that, to take the risk of traveling, then go watch in person and, and not get to talk to anybody face-to-face. -face. But what they've done at the home arena, I really commend them for. They definitely figured it out for sure. I miss locker rooms though, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was asking about the trend talk and it's yeah. not in there to get any of it. I was trying to figure I, out it, who's the best. That's how else, you know, it's so weird trying to learn a team when you can't just be around them and not be interviewing them. Like every, we talk to these guys in such a formal setting now. I totally miss just like, you know, small talk <laughs> <laughs> uh ava you know during your time covering team when you were able to be around the team um uh scott brooks i'm, I'm coming back to scott brooks here scott brooks I, he, he seems like a guy who he knows the game I, I i definitely believe he knows the game he played in the league but is it more do you get more of a vibe from him from players that that's just somebody that can really lead a team to the promised land ultimately if he had the right players. Um, I, I just have a feeling if they make a little run here, Ted's going to do what Ted do and he'll end up with a two year extension or something <laughs> because they, you know, came through at the, in, in the clutch. But do you, do you really see him being the guy that's going to be able to lead this team, whether it's continuing putting band-aids on it or rebuilding? into the future? I think he's got that credibility because of how close he came in Oklahoma City with that roster that he had when he had the guys. So I definitely think he's got that credibility. And if you talk to players, Scott Brooks is a player's coach. He's that total cliche of he knows how to talk to guys and practice when people are mad. He lets you know leaders run parts of practice and he's always asking his stars, like, what are you seeing over here? What's your opinion on this? So players definitely love and, and trust in him. I think it was big that 
Brad gave him his props yesterday. He said, Scott Brooks is trying some things. It's just, it's not sinking in somehow. Um, so, you know, it's, you've been in situations before where you see players who have clearly not bought in and kind of shoved the coaches aside and said, this isn't working here. I do not see that having happened with the Wizards. And I, I do think those players um, believe in him for sure, for sure, to an extent. The problem is every time we ask, what's the problem with the defense? What's the problem here? What about rebounding? Everyone says, if I knew we wouldn't be playing this way. So something's, something's breaking down somewhere, but the players definitely, I think, believe in, in Scott Brooks for sure. Uh, Pooh, if I don't see you again before Friday, you got an album dropping? Did I see that? Uh, I do. It's it's a it's a unreleased um, songs from 2008 to 2011. Uh, I like many artists that record or used to record all the time have a plethora of material that no one in the world has ever heard. So I decided to go into the vaults and um, this is Volume One. What was lost? Volume One. It's a songs from a shelved project that some of the songs eventually became songs for Slum Village, um, but they started off as my song. So I have three EPs coming of songs that I never released from anywhere from 2008 to 2015-ish. So just kind of- how, quick, how quickly when you hear a beat drop, do you know, oh, that's a banger right there, that's a hit. You know immediately, or sometimes you got to hear it back a couple times before you before you get to feeling it. Um, some you know immediately. Some it takes a while. Um, it, it it's it's emotion based for me, so it's about what inspires me in that moment. And uh, so, like I said, some is instantaneous. As soon as you hear it, you know you have an idea. It comes to you, and then some I have to ride around in my car with for months. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it turns into something. A lot of times it doesn't. But um, and then you have those that you know right off the bat. This isn't it. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't going to do anything for me. But is it yeah, ever funny, like, hmm? sorry. Is it ever like you hear one and you're like, this is hot, and then the next thing you listen to and you're like, what was I like? Do you ever switch your mind like 24 hours later? Definitely. Um, you, because you, you can get caught up in the moment. Um, it, it typically happens when you're in, which haven't been happening lately, but when you're in the presence of people and you're in a, a, a certain setting, so like a studio <laughs> setting, okay. and you're hearing this on level 25, and <laughs> yeah. everything sounds good loud. <laughs> but when you get home, you're like, ooh, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't what I thought it was. Ooh, that's not going to be it. But so, it, I mean, it varies for different people. I'm just, I'm one of them people that I have to, the beat has to inspire me and it has to tell me where to go. Uh, I don't write beforehand. I don't force things onto certain beats. I, I just let the beat, you know, be the guide. Uh, but no, nah, you, you definitely end up going from, I love that to, nah, that wasn't that wouldn't what I thought it was. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound the same. <laughs> and, where, and where do they find it? Uh, all streaming services, whichever one you prefer. And it'll also be on my Bandcamp, uh, bandcamp.com or rapabigpool.bandcamp.com is where, where they can also find it. What Was Lost, Volume 1, Rapper Big Pool and Young RJ, February 12th, which is also my birthday. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that worked out perfectly for me. <laughs> so 
people normally put up their cash app for their birthday, I'm gonna put up my album. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a gift on my birthday. That's right. Bless us on your birthday. We appreciate that. Definitely. You're very, you're very, you're very generous. <laughs> Ava, real quick before we let you run out of here, what what do we expect for the rest of the season? I mean, really, what should we be? What is a good measuring stick? Because really, the next four games, right? I mean, if we can't pull off a couple wins, I mean, where else are we supposed to get them, right? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And one we actually haven't asked the team in a while because for a whole beginning of the year, it was playoffs or bust. I, I really wonder what this team's expectations are. Uh, as of now, the answer is still, let's wait till we get our guys back under us. Let's still wait till we get our legs right and everything. Um, that's a question we need to ask today because it's been two weeks now. Everyone should be back in conditioning and that's a, that's a great question. Thank you for doing my job for me. I honestly hey, don't man. know. <laughs> they say, um, you know, they, they split the week last week, went two and two. So if they beat Chicago tonight, they wrap up the road trip three and three. It's not terrible, even though it feels pretty terrible, I think. But uh, that's a great question for Scott Brooks tonight. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not, you come we're not beating Chicago leave with the questions. You don't think they, they got it against Chicago? Lord Markin is out. Well, Orlando and Chicago seem to be give Wizards a hell of a time. That's true. Chicago and Orlando. They cannot beat neither one of them teams for some. When are the Nets back on the the schedule? Yeah, I know, right? Like, can we get the Nets? I don't want to play Orlando, but can we see Kevin Durant? Ridiculous. Right, right. It's it's, it's, it's Kay Cunningham or bust for the Wizards this season. That's what what it is. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> hey, we appreciate your time today. What what do you got coming up on the paper? Anything um, that we could be looking out for? Games, 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 and uh, keep an eye out. You know, Houston comes to DC for the first time. I think it's next Tuesday, so that should be an interesting time for sure. They should allow a few fans back in the arena for, for the return to John <laughs> just, Wall. Just to say hi, John. It's, it's, it's only right. It's only right. They should they should let some One people in back in for section John. of the bleachers so they're spread <laughs> out. Yeah. Right. Right. Thank you very much, Ava. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. You too.